You know, it really is an amazing thing, isn't it? He's one of the most famous and yet one of the most least known people found in the Bible. The truth is, we only knew, know a few things about him. We know he was a carpenter from Nazareth. We know he was a descendant of David. We know he was the husband of Mary. And that he would raise Jesus as his earthly father. And those are just about all of the personal details we know about Joseph of Nazareth. Except for one very important detail. Joseph was always ready when he heard the Lord declare, Children, go where I send thee. And there are a few events that are gathered around the birth of Christ that are really important because they reveal to us a lot about the kind of person that Joseph was, but more than that, the kind of person that God wants you to be and wants me to be as we follow him the way Joseph followed and went where God sent him. So this morning I want to take these events out of the life of Joseph as he followed the Lord's guidance and remind all of us that this really is who the Lord's calling us to be. For instance, the first thing we discover about Joseph is this. He made the decision, I will trust God's guidance. Joseph's study, uh, story begins with a picture of a man struggling with stinging disappointment. He'd been preparing to get married. He had gotten everything in order. He thought it was all going just the way it was supposed to go. And now she was away, spending months with her cousin, Elizabeth. And before she left to be with Elizabeth, she told him devastating news. She was with child. Joseph remembered how Mary had sat down with him and tried to explain exactly what was happening. It was about the angel Gabriel coming to see her. It was about God having a promise fulfilled. About the fact that God was sending a Savior. But the truth is, Joseph really struggled to understand what was going on. Everything seemed so foreign and so confusing to him. And he wasn't sure what to do now. The Bible tells us he went to bed one evening and he reached a hard conclusion. The best thing to do would be to quietly call everything off. I don't want anybody to be embarrassed. I don't want anybody to be hurt. I don't want anybody to be rejected. I just think the best thing I can do is just call it all off. And Mary and I can go our separate ways. And everything will be okay. But in the night he had an unexpected visitor. That angel who appeared to him in a dream. Probably Gabriel as well. Although the Bible doesn't tell his name. But the angel said to Joseph. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, Savior. For he will save his people from their sins. The angel said to Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be reluctant. Don't hesitate to follow through on what you've planned. You're in the middle of something incredible. And Joseph, while you do not understand it all, you need to understand this. This is the time when you need to trust me. What I'm doing right now 
is something the world has never seen but always longed for. Trust me, Joseph. Trust me. The choice was clear. Would Joseph trust God's promise? Not an easy decision. Nothing like this had ever happened. Humanly speaking, it was absolutely impossible. Nobody would understand. He knew that he and Mary would be the subject of talk and speculation, that people would believe he was either a sinner or a fool. Would he trust God and follow through on what the angel had said to him? Joseph made the most challenging decision of his life. He would trust the Lord. The Bible says Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called him Jesus. Joseph made the most difficult decision of his life. I'm going to trust God. I don't understand what's going on. I don't see how it could happen. But I know this. I've heard from an angel. And he's told me what to do. And now I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to do it. You know it seems to me that Joseph's struggle is the same kind of struggle that you have from time to time. And I have from time to time when we face difficult decisions and challenging circumstances. Am I really going to trust God in the middle of all of this? Am I going to trust God when my heart is aching? Am I going to trust God when I don't understand? Am I going to trust God in circumstances that seem so far beyond me? Am I going to trust God in the middle of everything? Am I going to trust God, because I'm going to tell you something. There are going to be times when God's going to trust you when trust is really, really hard. Now, you'll never deal with a situation like Joseph did. The birth of Christ is a once-for-eternity event. But you are going to deal with times when God is up to work, when God is at work, when he's up to something, and you don't quite understand what he's doing. And all you can do is trust him. There are going to be situations where God challenges you to act in sheer faith. There are going to be times when the Lord commands you to walk to the end of all of the light you have and then take another step. There are going to be times when you have to decide. What are you going to do? And when those overwhelming times come, you'll have a single decision to make. Will I trust the Lord? There are times when God wants to know just how much are you willing to trust him. It's going to be personal situations that go on in your life. It's going to be circumstances you encounter and you're not sure what to do next. There are going to be those times when it's difficult to trust God and follow him. And we have to make the decision, am I willing to trust God and do what he wants me to do? I was thinking about that as I was preparing this message this week and I was really thinking about our church and the Lottie Moon offering this year. Because I was thinking about how we have set a really challenging goal before ourselves, $70,000 to undergird missionaries and missions all around the world and we're asking ourselves the question, can I do as much as I want to do 
this year. After all, we all watch the news, and the news tells us that the economy's in a real pro in real trouble these years. And we have to we don't have to go any further than the grocery store, and we recognize inflation is a very real thing. If you're like me, you walk out of the grocery store these days, and you look down at that little bag, and you think forty-five dollars. And I can carry it in one hand. And there are those times when we're tempted to ask ourselves, can I really afford to be as sacrificial this year as, as usually I am? Can I give to missions as freely as usually I do? Maybe this year I need to hold back. I need to be careful. And we have to ask ourselves the question, am I really willing to trust the Lord and give sacrificially? I can't tell you what to do, but I can ask you this. Are you willing to trust him as you consider what you do? Because if you step out understanding this is tough, then you understand a little bit about what was going on in Joseph's heart. You see, the example of Joseph reveals a picture of a heart that's determined to depend on the Lord no matter what. I will trust him and I will act. And it's a decision that faces every area of your life. I would imagine this year there are folks in this very room right now who are going through things and struggling with situations. It may be personal situations. It may be uh, financial situations. It may be health situations. And you're going through something and nobody else knows about it. But the Lord does. And he's stepping in and he's going to guide you. But you have to decide, I'm going to trust his power and his promises, no matter what. Joseph made his first decision, I will trust the Lord, and I will marry Mary, and I will believe everything that the angels told me. But that's just the first situation. There was another time when Joseph had to make a decision. And this is the decision he made. I will follow God's direction. And it came to pass in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Joseph registered is what your screen says. I have trouble with that, don't you? I learned that the world was being taxed. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. And so it was that the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. So here's my question for you this morning. Who was responsible for Joseph having to bring his family to Bethlehem? Well, the simple answer is right there in the text we read together. This was Caesar Augustus. It was his idea. He was the one who wanted to have a census. He was the one who put out the decree all over the empire. Everybody go to the place that you come from because we want to count heads and make sure everybody's paying what they're supposed to pay. But if that's your answer, it's the wrong answer. The right answer is it was the Lord who brought them there so that Jesus could be born in the city of David. While Caesar Augustus may have been a tool of God, it was God's plan that Joseph would take his family to Bethlehem.
More than 700 years before Mary brought forth her firstborn son, God led Micah to prophesy, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And it was that promise that guided Joseph as he set out on a walking journey. Understand something. You know, we talk a lot about Joseph and Mary and they made their way to Bethlehem. And we've seen all of the pictures of Mary seated on a donkey and Joseph leading the way and the stars are shining above. And that's exactly what it was like except for this. We have to remember when Joseph decided to leave Nazareth and lead her, his wife, who was about to have a baby any minute now, it was a journey, a walking journey of 70 miles. 70 miles. Multiple days. Rocky highways. How many times along that 70 mile journey do you think that Joseph thought to himself, I'm not sure the Lord really thought about what he was doing here when he sent us this way. I have to bring Mary on a journey that's taking days and there's a baby that's about to be born. But Joseph and Mary had each made a decision. We will let things be done according to God's plan. So they trusted him and followed him in faith. Sometimes the most difficult choice any of us can make is to step out and let God direct our path. God, have you really thought about this? Lord, do you know how hard this is going to be? Do you realize how much time this is going to occupy? Following God's direction can be a really challenging thing. And here's the thing. And following God's direction is not a passive decision. It doesn't mean I'll sit here until God moves me. It means that as you go about the activities of your days, there will be times when the Lord will interrupt whatever you're doing and change the path of your life. I would imagine that when Joseph went to bed that evening and got that message from God, the last thing in the world he thought was, let's leave Bethlehem. Uh, let's leave Nazareth. Let's go back to Bethlehem. After all, he thought he had everything figured out. And then God said, it's time to go. God does that, you know. It may be as life-changing as answering a call to min a ministry. It may be listening to God as he calls you to be a missionary. It may mean changing your career path. It may mean moving to a brand new place. But it may also be just as simple as Beginning a conversation with someone. Or showing God's love to somebody that God has placed along your way. The thing is, all along the way in your life, God is inserting himself. All along the way, he is challenging you to follow his direction. And following his direction means this. You're ready to let him be in control. It is hard to let somebody else be in control, isn't it? If Judith and I were making our way to whatever the equivalent of uh, traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem would be, let's say we were getting in the car and we were driving from Birmingham to, where's a good place to go? Los Angeles? There you go, California. Judith, who's going to drive? 
how much of that journey am I going to drive? All of it. Why? I like to be in control. You know, I would say that as a confession, except there are a lot of folks in this room right now that know exactly how I feel. If I'm going to travel, I want to be in control. It's not that I don't trust, well. <laughs> it's not that I don't trust Judith. Let me be honest with you. I don't trust you either. If I'm the one that makes the decision, who's going to drive? I'm going to drive. And we're all that way, not just about going on a journey. We're that way about our lives. I like to be in control of my life. I like to be the one who decides where I'm going to go. I like to decide this is what I'm going to do. I like to know I've got this thing under control. And yet somehow if I'm going to follow God's direction in my life, I've got to make a basic decision. He is in control. And I am not. I believe there are times in everybody's life when the Lord dares you to do something that you cannot accomplish without him. There are times when he is going to challenge you to step so far outside of your comfort zone that you're not going to know which way to turn. You know what the Bible, how the Bible describes faith? In Hebrews it describes faith this way. Going, not knowing. Going, not knowing. Joseph must have questioned the timing of what God was doing. The angels told him this baby was going to be the Savior. Didn't the Lord know how difficult this journey was going to be? Hard for Mary and hard for the child about to be born. But it came down to deciding God is in control. I will follow his direction. And everything took place just the way God had promised. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But that's not the end of Joseph's story. There was a third time he had to choose to obey. And this time took place when Jesus was a toddler. Somewhere between a year and two years old. And once again, an angel was sent to Joseph in a dream. And the angel said, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. This happened after the visit of the wise men. They had aroused Herod's fears with talk of a new king. And he was determined to eliminate the threat. It would be the first time someone tried to take the Savior's life. The Lord commanded Joseph, carry his young family to safety. Go to Egypt. But I believe the most important part of this part of the story is not what God told Joseph, but how Joseph responded. The Bible says, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. As soon as the Lord told him what to do, Joseph responded. That's what I see in that passage. As soon as God told him what needed to be done next, he did it. 
He didn't say, let me think about this for a while. He didn't say, is this a good time to leave? After all, I've just gotten a business going now in Bethlehem. He didn't even say, I will obey you, Lord, first thing in the morning. What the Bible says is this. Joseph woke up, got his family ready, and left by night. In other words, as soon as he got the word, he acted on what God had told him to do. There was no hesitation. Joseph made a decision. I will trust God's guidance and I will do it right now. Joseph's experience reminds me that one of the greatest dangers to our spiritual lives is not only disobedience, it is procrastination. Lord, I'm not telling you no. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not resisting you. I'm just telling you now's not a really good time for me. That good time will come somewhere down the road when I will trust you as Savior. That good time will come somewhere down the road when I will be obedient to your call. That time will come somewhere down the road when I'll really take my faith seriously. It's just that there's too many other irons in the fire right now. This is not the time. I will put off obedience for another time. It's not that we're not willing to obey. It's just that we want to do it on our own terms, in our own time. And we need to follow the example of Joseph and rely on God's guidance right here, right now. That's true of salvation. That's true of discipleship. It's true of obedience. It's true of our following. When the Lord calls your name, he doesn't challenge you to consider his will as an option. He confronts you and says, right now. I'm excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to be going to a, one of Amanda's classes. They're studying about God's call on our lives. And I've been asked to come and speak to the class and share a little bit of my experience and do a little question and answer. It's going to be fun, isn't it? You already thought about that question, haven't you? I'm going to stump him. <laughs> but it's made me stop and think a lot about God's call on my life. And how urgent that call was. And God didn't say one of these days when you get around to it, when it's convenient for you, then I want you to do this. else I'd still be waiting. Instead, it was very much a right here, right now, follow me. The Lord calls you to obey, period. End of discussion. Which leads us to one other decision that Joseph had to make. He had to decide, I will choose surrender over security. The Bible says that Joseph got up in the middle of the night. He packed everything he could. He got his family together. They made their way into Egypt, knowing that when they crossed that border, they would be in a place of safety. He would realize how important that obedience had been when he heard about what Herod had done next. You remember the story of how Herod sent his soldiers into Bethlehem and all the region about with the instructions, I want you to kill every baby boy under the age of two. And they did. 
And Joseph realized if I had not obeyed the Lord, I would have placed his son in great danger. When they arrived in Egypt, Joseph settled into a productive life once again. He discovered this. In Egypt, just like everywhere else, there's need for a good carpenter. And he and Mary began life in a new home. The truth is, there was a sense of security now that they were in Egypt. They were away from all of the intrigue and all of the things that were going on in Israel. They were away from Herod and all of the things that he was doing. They were away from those enemies and those people who might be talking, and all of the things that he had dealt with, all of that stress, once he made his way into Egypt, that was gone. For the first time he could remember, Joseph began to relax and let go of all the anxiety that he had felt from the very first time an angel had spoken to him. It was a safe, secure place to live. And then one night, the angel came again. He had a message that Joseph probably wasn't eager to hear. The angel said, Arise, take the young child and his mother, go to the land of Israel. For those who sought this young child's life are dead. Herod had passed away. And now God said, Come home again. And I really think in his heart of hearts, Joseph must have wanted to resist this command. Yes, Herod was dead, but the Bible also says his son Archelaus had taken his place, and he was just as dangerous. It was a thoroughly dangerous family. You know why Archelaus became the king after Herod? Basically because Herod had murdered almost all of the rest of his family. And Archelaus had somehow survived. What a dangerous place to be. Wouldn't it be better for Joseph and for the young baby to remain where they were, safe and secure and unafraid? They could have a good life there. They could raise Jesus without fear of danger. But here's the thing. God's plan for the young Savior could only be fulfilled in Israel. So Joseph had to take his family full circle back to the city of Nazareth. Right back into all of that danger. Joseph chose surrender over security. Joseph chose to do what God instructed him to do rather than what he thought would be the best thing. Because he recognized, if I'm going to trust God, I'm going to have to trust God, and I'm going to have to trust God all the way. I can't trust God when it's easy or when it's convenient. I've got to trust him all the way, even when it seems to lead me back to a place of danger. I surrender all. God calls you to do the same thing. God calls on us to, to choose surrender over security. We're living at a time when being bold in your faith is just not as easy as it used to be. Especially these days if you take a stand for Christ alone. 
And you begin to say Christ alone is God's source of salvation. Christ alone is the one who brought us God's truth. God, Christ alone is the only hope for every world and every soul and every life. The truth is it may threaten your sense of security as you encounter criticism and skepticism and even rejection because of the name of Jesus. We live in a time when there's pressure to change the message to make it more acceptable to an unbelieving world. But God never called us to choose to be comfortable. Instead, we're called to choose surrender to him over any security the world tries to offer. We are called to be those people who follow him wherever we happen to be in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. We choose surrender over security. Children, go where I send thee. So where's God sending us? Well, Joseph shows the way. You hear, you obey, and you surrender. And that's what you're called to do. We don't know a lot about Joseph, but you know when you think about it, we know a whole lot. We know that here is a man who was willing to do what God told him to do in order to accomplish God's plan for all of humanity. And you and I are in this place today because Joseph trusted the Lord. And he calls us to do the same thing in all of the circumstances of our lives. We are to trust the Lord. To hear, to obey to follow and maybe that's something very personal for you today because maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and you know that's what you need to do you've heard him speak clearly into your life maybe not with the voice of an angel but with the voice of his Holy Spirit speaking you deep within, telling you, now is the time, this is the place, it's time to trust the Lord. And maybe today you need to trust Jesus as your Savior. And if you do, in just a minute, we're going to stand and sing an invitation hymn. And if you'll just come here to where I am, I'll be glad to meet you and introduce you to Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe you're here and you're recognizing God is calling me, and if I'm going to follow him, I'm going to follow him into membership in this very church because this is the place God wants to plant me. Or maybe obeying him means God's been talking to me about something, and I've been resisting him, and today I just want to say, I surrender. Is there a decision you need to make today? Let's stand and let's sing. As God speaks, you come. Let's stand together.
been a good day in God's house today. I'm glad we got to share this time together. Look forward to seeing you tonight with your holiday meal. You know, I'm just looking forward to seeing you, but Larry wants to see your food. So let's don't disappoint anybody tonight, right, Larry? So we look, we look forward to that. Let me remind those of you who are part of the Israel trip that we've got a meeting at 1.52 immediately after the service. and We won't keep you too long, but we'll gather there together in just a few minutes and enjoy preparing for that trip. It's going to be a great time. Glad we got to be here together. Let's bow together and let's pray. And then after that, a final song. Father, we thank you for people like Joseph who trusted you. Father, in was willing to hear, to obey, to follow, to risk, to trust. Father, all of those qualities are things we want to be real in our own lives. Help us, Lord, to go where you call us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.